Yusai. Welcome to Let's Talk, a place for open conversation. In the unprecedented landscape of 2020, photographer Brian Bowen Smith set out to capture images of America in the midst of pandemic and quarantine. Brian and I are friends and colleagues, and have a chance to talk about our shared inspirations, as well as his good fortune beginning his career through his relationship with iconic photographer Herbert. Brian's coffee table book drive-bys documents the new normal of social distancing. Shooting from his classic 1958 4F100 window, capturing heart and soul of America. Thank you for having me. Thank yeah. Thank you for being with me today. I'm so glad that you're not driving around because I've been following you on Instagram. You've been in a car and live. It's just a lot of stuff going yeah. on. Yeah. So, are you grounded now? Are you grounded for a while? I am, I am grounded for a while now. I am. Um Chilling out with my family at home, and you know, lots of post work, and just you know, kind of going through and keeping busy and creating shoots when I can, just like everyone else. And we're all in the same boat in this, so it's kind of weird and satisfying. Wow. Knowing, you know, knowing that it's not. I mean, if you lost your job just because you suck, that's terrible. But you know, the fact that you know we just have to wait this out, and we're all doing the right thing is. Is just what has to be done. So I consider that my job right now. And I'm so glad you said that because during this time, everybody's pivoting, trying to figure out what they're worth、um, in this world. Right? People、yeah. who work on the front line. Thank you guys so much for being out there, always helping us with the nurses and the doctors and and the food providers and the farmers. Those guys are doing everything as if nothing is happening around us because they're there to provide for us. However, for、Absolutely. us in the creative field. That we really have to make a decision and choice is how do we move forward? How do we stay creative through this time? And both of us work for magazines and and entertainment industry where there's no entertainment happening, new content created. Our work kind of come to a stop, but、yeah. that did not stop you because not your style or you. <laughs> Well, Brian, I know that that we're gonna jump into this book that you've been creating. It's so phenomenal, and I've been watching you on different TV channels promoting this book. And we're here today to celebrate that book. But before we do that, I think it's important for the viewers to know that that little bit of journey of how you became the photographer that you are today. So take us back to when was the first time you decided I'm gonna pick up that camera and start taking pictures. Well, to, if I'm being honest, the first time. I decided I really wanted to be a photographer, and I loved it. Was when I was in high school, ninth grade. I took a,、uh, a photography class, and that's the only class to date, even through college, that I've ever received an A. You know, I've got super, I've got severe ADD. I've got, you know, attention is like paying attention and concentrating for me is is kind of super hard. So school wasn't easy. Um, I fell in love with the camera, and and I fell in love with how people looked at me in the class, especially my teacher, who I don't think was expecting me to hand in assignments. And when I handed them in, he was like, "Whoa! Like these are really good photographs. Like this is incredible." And you know, being in the dark room and stuff like that was like 
such a treat because I was kind of an inner city kid. We didn't have, we didn't have, you know, money to buy cameras and all that stuff. So at school was the only chance I could do it. Unfortunately, after that class was over, that ended my access to cameras or to dark rooms or to anything like that. So it, I kind of fell off of it until about 20, maybe 25 years ago. Um, when I had moved out to Los Angeles, I met the legendary photographer Herb Ritz. Um, through, I met him at a party with my manager, Sandy Gallen, and was just in awe. Like, I knew who he was. I still followed, especially living in New York and, 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 and you know, being in the industry, I, fo I follow coffee table books. And I've always been a huge fan of, uh, of Herb's videos, books, like everything. And so to meet him, I was kind of starstruck and like, wow. And talking his ear off at a party, he's probably like, okay, cool, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to get some shrimp now. <laughs> um, and so we became some, you know, became some a little bit of a friend. But then he hired me as a, um, as a model, uh, as an athlete um, at the time, um, to be in a Gap campaign. And so this was the first time I've seen like a whole shoot go down and I was flabbergasted, like, wow, this, I, this is like a movie set. I mean, there were 18 K's everywhere. There were tons of people walking around, people bumping into you like, oh, excuse me, get out of the way. This, that, you know, I'm like, this is like, this is not like a photo shoot that I imagined. And I didn't realize the production and, and how much went into it. And then after the shoot, he was sitting in the back and I just went to say goodbye to him. And he was had his Africa book laid out. Mm. And he was going through it with some people. They like, sit down, sit down, tell me what you like. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 I, I couldn't, you know, but oh, God, look at that giraffe. That's amazing. And so he's like, oh, good, keep the giraffe. And I'm like, no, no, wait. You know, like, <laughs> it's just, but, you know, he was that kind of guy that was just so, he was so cool. And he was so nice and he, and, he, and he was so confident in what he did. And I think from that day when I left there, I was like, man, you know, everyone told me it's too late. I've been trying my luck at acting and, and doing small things, you know, just doing whatever you could to stay alive in this town. And I was having a ball, you know, I was skating. I was, my life was like the California dream. And I, my rent was $850 and that's in a block from the beach in Venice. Like I'm like, the world couldn't be better for me right now. And then um, I got a camera and it was a wrap. And I just said, this is, you know, when you know the feeling when you get a camera in your hand and, and you bought it and it's yours now. And now I, there's no YouTube to look up how to use it. There's no, you know, so it was a lot of trial and error and taking notes in a notebook of what you did with each frame. So then when you develop the film, you could go back to each frame and say, oh, well, I screwed that up. It's completely blurry. Then why is it blurry? I was in focus. Oh, it's shutter speed from what I'm reading. And so there was a lot of just me going into this zone of self-talk. But when I decide to do something, it kind of takes over my whole being. And I don't, I, I, I take rejection really well. Like I'm not afraid to fail. That's not the point. I, I'm just, I don't like not knowing something that I'm interested in. So, and there are not many things in this world that, that catch me and captivate me like that. So when I find it, I latch onto it. And so I latched on 
photography like a, a, a freaking a leech onto a bloody neck. I'm like, I, I, you know, and I tell everyone, I'm like, I'm going to do this. And my, I was so excited every time I had a camera. So, and, and a lot of people were hating. Dude, you can't just pick up a camera and be a photographer. And <laughs> I don't care who your friends are. I've been doing this for 15 years. And it's tough. And it's more than just, and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm ready to do the work. And it sounds like you've given up. Not me. Like, I just don't have that attitude. And I would sit and talk like, you know, if I met someone that was interested, I'm like, oh, oh, photography. And I could, I would talk to a homeless man for three hours if he, you know, if he wanted to talk about it. I just really, you know, some people say they love photography. I absolutely am still passionately in love with it. You're and obsessed with it. And, you and, I, and let me tell you, I was 30, maybe 34. I was really, it wasn't a young you know what I mean? Like this thing just grabbed a hold of me later in life. It's almost like you get divorced and you're like, I'm never going to meet anyone again. I am. And then all of a sudden, you know, Shay walks in. Right. And you're like, what in the world? Why do you like me? Well, incredibly blessed because Herb Prince is one of the iconic, most iconic photographers of, of our time. And and I had the opportunity to meet him as well. And, and on, the, on the same same note that he's one of the, this antithesis of what we thought fashion photographer would be, because he was so kind and incredibly awkwardly quiet at times as well. Yeah, he, I can see you two getting along so good. So I worked with him on a different level. I never assisted him. I was a post-production supervisor on several music videos. So yeah. he he would come into the editing room with the editor, and I would just sit in the back quietly watching them work. It's just like, I'm going to date myself, Tracy Chapman video, so if you guys want to go back in the calendar, you can figure yes. out who I am. But it yes. was back in the day. <laughs> but it was definitely, you know, back then I was actually in, in the zone of directing TV commercials, working on post-production and special effects. Photography wasn't in in my even in my atmosphere, but when I met Herbert, and I of course as a gay man, his book, an iconic books that really celebrate erotic gay photography in the most beautiful way, that's fine art. That I knew of him and I knew his work and and how much impact he had on the advertising industry at that time. So, so I can completely understand how you can meet someone like him and yeah, change and, your, and, and, and you change you. Yeah, you brought up a very important point too that I noticed with myself, and and I'm not a gay man, but I appreciate it, and I've always respected it. My mother was gay. I was raised by um, a gay man, so I never had, I never knew the difference. Like, so so what? You like you like what you like, isn't that just fine? Like that's how the world, how I grew up, saw it. I I realized later that was not the case, and. What I loved about Herb and what you just said that reminded me is that when I did look at his photos, all you see is beauty. That's it. And a man, for a man that's like, you know, because my dumb, you know, college bull-nosed, you know, beefcake friends that thought they were so cool, what were you looking at that book for, dude? Well, uh, you know, like, you know, it's beautiful. And I think that he was single-handedly responsible for bringing beauty to the gay community and, and cultures and which is so important because you know if you if you look at life like just i i look at like love is beautiful it doesn't matter what shape color anything love is just beautiful so i love that he put that into the world but he did it in such a smart intelligent way in his way because that's the way he saw it well maple maplethorpe just as important saw it in a different way 
in a completely different way. In your face, everybody kind of had their voice. And, and I, I agree, because what Herb was doing was something that a lot of photographers at the time were not doing, which is celebrating what your true passion was in erotic photography yes. in the most beautiful way but at the same time still showing up shooting julia robert in a t-shirt yeah. of a men's t-shirt laughing that's something i'm sure when you started shooting people were like what kind of photographer are you are you this category or this category because in our industry we get pigeonholed really quickly they want to know that whether you are a commercial photographer fashion photographer yeah. celebrity photographer yeah. and because of her brids i actually was able to say i can be all of that Right, we can be all of that because not many photographers adopt all those energy into one, and he really exemplified that. Now, you had an opportunity to work with him on set as well. Oh yeah, and that's where you know I and that's a great point. And I I actually don't like that. You know what type do you do this? I'm like a photographer should be able to do anything. If you're a good photographer, you should explore and do all different kinds: fashion, celebrity, portraiture. But you I know, think we can. I you think can. I think as, as an artist, we all want to. I think it has to do with the editors and with the, yes. with the system that everybody wants you to be a certain way. Now, I can see that in the last three, four years, it has begun to change. Versatility yeah. really becomes helpful as somebody that you embrace. If you can direct like you, can also be in front of camera like you, and be behind the camera all in one, you're triple threat, and you yes. actually work more. And that's something that I have to say in the very beginning of my career, I would hide just behind that camera and go, okay, don't let other people know my other talent. Don't let them know I worked in advertising as a creative director, one of the renowned advertising agencies in New York, because that's not what they want to know. They just want to know that I'm a photographer, I'm here to execute their idea, and you kill your hand, your little bow, namaste, and you go away and go home, hopefully get hired again. But yeah. I'm glad the world has evolved and changed, because you are one of those photographers really held on to that wave that be able to be triple thread. I seen you on TV and we both work with Heidi Klum, so we both need to exercise a little bit of drama on television yeah. together on Germany's top model. It's always fun to be there. And, yeah. and and then over the years, what I love about you, Brian, the most is that you come with this genuine quality about you. And one thing I, it sounds really funny to say, but I'll say this. I love seeing a straight photographer conquering what gay photographer has easily come to them in this industry. Yeah. It sounds funny for people uh, out there don't know is that predominantly photographer in fashion are gay. It just happened to be, it's a clique, it's a, it's a group of people that uh, most of them are. And when you came out with the ring, I was like, wow, he's killing it and he's killing it and he's straight. What's that all about, right? <laughs> I was like, mm. I was like, what is that? He must be really good. And then, then we begin to see that you started harnessing Herbert's talent that he has photographed. You developed this amazing relationship with all of them. I think that's something that other photographers out there, especially the Gen Zs right now, need to know that it's not just about clicking that picture. It is truly about yes. the relationship that you have developed over time with them. Because I have personally worked with same talent that you have worked with, and, and I laugh about this now. I just had the opportunity to work with Doris Flink. And on set, she couldn't stop talking about you so much. Like, Should I leave? Why not cool? Am I not cool enough to be here? Well, <laughs> it goes both ways, my friends. What you, happens, just I, you know what I will tell you, and, and, and you're exactly right. And like you said, if it's if it's advice for um, younger photographers, and 
It's and, and let me ask you this: is is this happened with you as well? I think because of who we are as people and how we grew up that way, we're not pretending to be someone else or put it on when the shoot's on. If you and I are at a party, which we've had, we're, we're the same people, we're crazy loud, and we just don't give a, you know, uh, we don't care what if people think, if they think we're corny or we're not, and like, we're never mean, and we're always ourselves, and we're not afraid to do that. And I think that other people find that infectious because some of them, and, and you know, a lot of the celebrities can't, you know, sometimes they can't just put on and be who they are. They're afraid they're going to get judged and they get judged way out. No, like, I ain't going to be on TNZ where they're like, oh, did you see Brian's beach pod? You know, they're <laughs> like, they don't give a shit. You know what I mean? But celebrities, they go out and they can't be themselves. And then if they do get bend over and they get a bad picture, people blow it up and it's scary. But I've noticed that some people I see that, you know, they're like, they, they put on an act and think that they're going to win people over. Mm. But I think that the most important thing you can do as a photographer, like you said, being talent, I know so many talented photographers that aren't going to do anything or aren't doing anything. And they're sitting around mad and, and hating and saying, well, I don't understand why Brian got there, act like an idiot and shoot a basic picture that I can do in my sleep. And he's getting all this job. And I'm like, it, they forget that we've been doing this for a long time and we've been putting in and making bridges and we, we gain the trust of huge companies like Paramount and you with Bazaar and Vogue. Like they, it's not that they don't want to give new people a chance. They do. I was that new guy at one point. You were. But if you're investing, you know, $100,000 in a shoot, they're going to get what they want and they want to know that they're getting it. So it does take time. And if you, I had to have very thick skin in this industry because it does not come cheap. Even to get my agent. It took me three years, and they said, come back in a year. And I'm like, come back in a year when I'm homeless? Like, what do you mean, come back in a year? Like, I'm ready. And they're like, you're not ready. And I couldn't understand it for the longest time. Like, I am ready. Look at these. Look at my picture. They're like, no, you've got a couple good pictures. But we need them all to be like this because then, like you said, there's fashion agents. There's entertainment agents. There's food agents travel and leisure so there's there's also trying to figure out what is it you want to do i Absolutely. knew early that i wanted to be just like her I, I i wanted to be exactly like him except try to find my version in art that was different because i could have very easily went and shot everything very clean and crisp and white t-shirt jeans build a white flat use some hmis and do exactly what herb did but what it, that, that wouldn't have done anything for me. It wouldn't have made me special. And I wanted to experiment. And another thing that I did was I tried everyone's technique. I learned everything so I knew what not to do. And then the, 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 I guess the style, if you will, even if I, I don't even know if I've pretty much got one. I think that I'm more like you where it's like, I just want everyone to look beautiful and feel the best that they, they've ever felt. And well, I definitely... I can recognize a BBS photo when I see it. There's, there's, I, I absolutely do. And I think that, that happens with, with photographers as artists. Uh, no matter what technique, you can pick, pick up a oil brush or acrylic or watercolor. There's always going to be those contour lines, the tertiary lines that, that, yeah. that really identify 
your work. And you have this work that has a signature of your work. And, I, and they're always powerful. They're always empowering of the talent. And you can tell through your work that you have a relationship with them. And that's yeah. what's so special about, about, I will say, the LA water. I'm going to just give LA a little nod here because, you know, there's a whole stigma about being a New York photographer, fashion, right. and all that. You know what? New York water tastes great, but there's something about it that makes you guys want to hate people sometimes. I don't know yeah. why you have to hate what. We, so, so I, you know, I went to New York, paid my dues, shop fashion, and I brought that energy back to LA. And I got into the industry, I think maybe it was a year before you or two years, we, come, we came up around the same time. Mm-hmm. But I too was very strategic like you. I wanted to make sure that the celebrities and people I work with know that I had the education of a fashion photographer. I'm going to bring that fashion sexiness to the work that I'm yeah. going to do in Los Angeles. Where everybody thinks that you cannot do, right? People are like, you cannot make it in Los Angeles. This doesn't happen. I'm like, have you heard of her Brits? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so I think that's our kinder spirit that we both have this wonderful man come into our life um, and, and really gave us this, the spirit to pivot to find ourselves, right? And we're still trying to define who we are as we work. You should you always. Know? And you you and I both are very similar. I love watching your SI stuff, and I love that you put a little behind-the-scenes videos because I'm like, well, first of all, you are one of my favorite SR photographers by far because of how much fun you have with them and what you get out of them. And, and I see the model come up to the screen and, you know, like, you know, because if they're going to be on Sports Illustrated, they want to look their best. This is their time to shine. And it is not, it's a once-in-a-lifetime amazing opportunity. And I think that what you do and how you were saying about me, I, 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 I've noticed and learned from you as well um, that that is so important that you have that true relationship that you're really, I think we're just trying to impress them so much, no matter who it is. And I think, but that's my job. My job is not to kiss up to people. My job is not to brown most people because they know if you're full of shit because they're going to look at the picture and go, yeah, that's not a great photo. <laughs> you're funny. I had a great time, but I don't like this photo. And that's the worst. You know, I'd rather you come in, hey, what do we got to do? Let's get to it. I've got to be on air at three. Don't mean to be a dick. I just want to get this done. No but problem. we have those clients. Absolutely yes. so, have those you know, clients. I'm like, you talk to The Rock or Will Smith and I'm like, you know, oh, you got something else to do. Dopamine. It's like, yeah, I've got six interviews. I got to finish the last part of the movie, and I got to try to get home for dinner with my family. Oh, all today. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> let's get this. Let's get this done. And that's another thing that I've learned to adapt. Like when we shoot our fashion stuff, we take our time and we're creating this picture. You know, you've been in the movie side of that where they're like, no, 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 we need six shots. You've got about ten minutes. Um, we really just, you know, and you're like, okay. No messing around. There's not. We don't have time to change things. Looks good. We did the test. Do it. Boom. Move on. Do it. Boom. Move on. And it's That's almost it. like when I walk away from those, I'm like, oh, my assistants will tell you the, the the number one thing I say to them all the time. Do you think we got it? We got it, right? You think we got it? And they're just like, <laughs> all at the same time, yes, you got it. <laughs> you know, because we're prepared now. I when we're can. younger and we weren't prepared, we 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 got nervous and. It's still good to get nervous. It's I, like people have such a people have such a persona about my life and what it must be like. Like you're best friends with these, and I'm like, I'm not best friends with these guys. We become, you know, they know who I am, and I do them a good service, so they remember it. You know what I mean? But I'm not like outside by the pool, like, 
Hey, DJ, hand me another one of those uh, security <laughs> things, would you? Thanks, Bob. Yeah. Well, I always thought that I always thought that you're alive. I always thought that everybody comes over at your house, you're making a big meal, and everybody's well, just chilling. Well, that does house. happen. <laughs> <laughs> but but it is that spirit about you. It is that energy, and I think you know I wanted you to be on this show so people can see the the, the photographer behind the lens. It's so just as important a photographer in front of the lens. What people don't get to see is the work we have to do in front of the lens, when we're talking to them, yeah. when we're nurturing them, and when we're literally sharing whatever pain. I can tell you one of the celebrities that I was shooting one time that I won't mention her name, but you guys probably guess. We were shooting a campaign, and that day, the news dropped that she's getting a divorce. Mm -hmm. Literally dropped on the news while she was on set. I mean, it was, it was like, I'm not a photographer anymore. I'm gonna be a friend. I'm gonna be understanding. I'm gonna like, give her time. Whatever it takes for her to come back. If she chooses not to come back, then we reschedule to do another shoot. If that's yeah. okay, great. And she was such a pro. She got herself together. She goes, I just need a minute. You say, come with me. Everybody leave. And we sit down. She's like, what do I do? How do I get through this for the next two hours? I want to fulfill my contract. And then we joke. Then we laugh about things that can help us. Not she was like, at least <laughs> Right? But, but that's what we have. That's what we do in front of yeah. us. Same with Sports Illustrated. When girls show up, they're in a bikini. Yeah, they work out the entire month or two to get on set, but the insecurity we all have. You know what I do? I wear as small as Speedos I can find, and I don't care. And I'm running around like it's the red one, my signature red Speedos. All 11 years, there's been different pairs, guys. I have grown. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's not the same pair. I just keep buying red ones. <laughs> but but it, to me, it's just showing them vulnerability. And I learned that when I was shooting Sports Illustrated, I think my second time shooting with them. I was shooting Emily Dottonato in Switzerland. Oh. It was so cold. It was so cold. We were on the mountaintop that we can see the Matterhorn behind her. And I can see her shivering and she was just shaking. And I stood there and all of us had like, you know, parkas on, everybody's a hat on and scarf on. I started peeling all my clothes off. I don't do yeah. my underwear. And there was like tourists everywhere. And she looked at me and goes, what are you doing? I go, I'm feeling your pain. Now we're going to celebrate the fun. And she smiled and we started shooting. And that was the moment that re I realized how much, how important I am, not just as a photographer, but as a friend to the person in front of me. And that, that's what you do. And because of that quality, you are able to capture these amazing images for the book that you're publishing soon. So let's dive yeah. into that. Let's dive into that. So through this difficult time, all of us have been trying to find a way to pivot. As I have found, let's talk. I call it therapy session. I'm not paying the therapist, which is whoever is talking to me is giving me free therapy. So thank you very much. <laughs> At the same time, that, that we begin to see artists like you who are not going to stay reticent and just lean back and take a break. You, in fact, created a project for yourself that 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 is so profoundly beautiful. Thank you. And I, when I saw the images, I was like, Robert Frank at work? It, it really <laughs> touched my heart. Because, but that, No, it's good. Sally Mae, Robert Frank, we all live and strive to have that quality. And, and, and Brian, I know your work in celebrity work, and I know your fine art work that you do. This was the best of best I've ever seen your work. And Thanks. as a colleague, I'm saying that because you were able to take a technique that everybody knows of your work. And then you remove yourself in a way that's distant in a car that you celebrate and you capture this incredible energy. So for those of you guys have not seen what I'm talking about, 
go onto his page, you'll see some of the behind scene videos as well. But I want you to talk about this process because it's, it's so inspiring for me as a photographer. So I know it inspires so many others out there. Yeah, you know, I had been seeing a lot of the photographers and we were all wondering the same thing. How do we stay relevant? How many pictures of my dog can I take? Or how many pictures of my wife can I just say, babe, one more. If they're like over it, you know, even my dog rolled his eyes at me. I was like, no, dude, you don't get to do that. Sit. And so I, I was just like, and you know, and I, and it's funny is I was thinking about the Sally Mae pictures and I bought her book when she had her show at the museum. And I just was thinking to myself, what, what must have been a perfect time to be a photographer is in the sixties, late fifties, like finding Vivian Meyer style. Oh, I just couldn't fathom, like, we do things so different now, and they do things with film, and they just really were such good artists and war photographers. And just going out and actually just going, I'm going to go, like, you know, I'm like, if I would have said to you before any of this went down, I'm going to take two months off, and I'm going to travel around the country and take pictures, nobody, especially my agent, Rick and they, would have been like, no, you're not, you know? <laughs> So it was kind of the perfect time to do something. And I thought, well, what if I, I got this great Ford truck and all the windows are kind of panoramic and they, they curve around. So there's not a lot of metal. It's just all windows. And I thought that it was going to, it would be a great way to shoot through and still be able to social distance from somebody. So what if I planned a shootout? Instead of just going to someone's house and shooting them on their porch, sad, and going up and shooting behind the window and, 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 and contributing to it, I'm like, what if I kind of took people's mind out of it for a minute and actually called them up, did a fitting on FaceTime, and then planned a shoot and pick a spot, safe for everyone. We both meet there at the same time, and I just don't get out of the truck, and I shoot you through the windows. So I started doing it with my neighbor down the street, Taya, and she's really just beautiful girl, getting ready to go into college, gonna be a, a um, you know, a, a, a film major, and wow. she just got into UCLA, she's very happy, then, um, you know, this happened, and I'm like, well, let's do a fitting and find a good dress, and there's, you, you got this great barn door, and ivy, it'll look so, I'll make it look so old school, it'll be like a, a cool shot. And but I didn't know, and I'm not tooting my own horn by any means, I didn't realize what that picture was going to do to me. And it basically, it was so much fun to create something again from the ground up, do it with challenges, and have it come out good. I printed it, and I stared at it, and me and my wife were like, this is really cool. You should do more. So I called up another friend, did another one, and... Each picture had its own magic that came to life. And it was so, when I did like five of them, I was like, I got to do this. So I was on a Like Alive um, for my other series that I did with Dancing with Your Angels with this monochrome camera that only shoots black and white. And that kind of takes all the thinking about, is this one going to be color? Is this one going to be black and white? This, I'm like, no. I'm seeing the world right now in, in two things, black and white. And so it was a perfect camera to take on the road, very small, so it was easy to have. Um, and I just said, what if I hit the road and went across the whole country from here to New York City? And 
what? You're not going to do that. My wife's like, you'll ne- you can't be gone for a week. There's no way you're going, you know? And so I kind of like, again, when someone tells me I can't do something, I just, without thinking, called up my friend Sylvan because he owned this big RV that he bought. 1995 Skippy Bounder. It's, it's, it's old, and th- but this thing was a, it was a beast. And it, and it got us. So we could quarantine in there. So we didn't have to rely on hotels. We could, we could be just with us and never have interaction with anyone else. So it was actually social distancing safe. Mm-hmm. And so I wondered, how is this going to happen? So within two days, I'm like, we got to go like now. And then at the last minute, I called my friend Evan B. Stone, who's a documentary filmmaker, and he works on Destination Unknown. And he had been working. And I'm like, dude, get in the car with us. Film this and let's make a documentary because I want people to see what I'm doing. I want to inspire other photographers and other people to, to, to it's a very simple concept. You know what I mean? It came to me almost in a dream. You know what I mean? But when, when I took advantage of it and I saw it through is when the real magic happened. And that's what those old school photographers did is they, they did missions. Like there, some went to Vietnam in two tours. Some went, uh, you know, from here to Europe. Some go just to crazy that, you know, in the middle of the, the, the um, Amazon and, and study tribes and in Africa during the worst part, worst times risking their life. And, and it, it, it reminded me of something my old manager and dear friend Sandy Gallant told me. I was all excited when I met Herb and it was thanks to him and I was sitting in his living room and I'm like, I can't wait, dude. I'm going to be a famous photographer one day. I promise you I'm not going to let you down. I'm going to just work so hard. And then he goes, no, 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 no. He goes, I don't give a shit if you're famous. He's like, anybody can be famous. What you need to do is find a way to be important. Because there'll be no better reward than when you do something important and people remember that. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're going to do. And, and, and I almost was like, okay, like Yoda. I was like, oh, okay, noted. But, but I'll be honest, is that I love, I love our work, what we do and how we make a living and, and, and to make the money at it. It's fun every time. Not a job at all. But I will tell you that when I do something that helps or changes a person's life, I almost get teary-eyed thinking about how a little kid like me from the inner city with nothing grew up and now is helping the same people. You know what I mean? And I, I mean, think that like, that's something that we often forget as photographers, right? Because we're surrounded by top models and celebrities and we pick up the camera, we shoot them and they thank us and we're like, we've done our job. But it's when you take that camera and start pointing at the mundane, that ordinary people doing extraordinary things and celebrating them. And I have chills thinking about it because I, I can picture your imagery of yeah. the four people standing in front of the hospital. And, yeah. and, and it's so powerful. And I think that's something that through this time, we'll be able, we're able to reflect and be able to say, what can our work do? Right? Yes. I, 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 you found that. It's so powerful because the fact that the, when I look at those pictures, I can say Sally Mae. And that's something that's in, already in your blood that you're breathing through. And knowing what she has gone through afterwards, the, the controversial, her, yes. her vision, to her recapture kids. that in your work and, and capture Americana where... Just give me goosebumps. Well, that's a minute. Like, I, I, 
we're not selling America right now. We're not celebrating the way no. from our artistic world because our fundings and ours are taken away. But in your own way, you're reminding us how important to celebrate a good part of Americana. And I, and I as a, ooh, I'm choked up. As an yeah, immigrant, I could not, <laughs> I could not appreciate more what you're doing. It is, it is so powerful. And what I love, what I love is this, that you take the A-list celebrities that who you have developed French friendship with, and you put them in the most mundane situation that take them all the glamour, all the lights, all the hair and makeup, all the, oh, you're amazing, you're amazing. And the, even that paparazzi, oh, I don't see you there, but you, I really do see you there. So I'm gonna give you a good side. You went and captured the most intimate moments with them. And the way they look at you, because they have to look through a window to find you, it is so special. It truly is so special, Brian. It's congratulations. Honestly, Thank you. Congratulations. I, so appreciate it and I didn't really realize how important it was until I got home and, and until I started getting and by the way people on Instagram that comment and and write about it and and, and I love and I do I do go and read every comment and I read every DM and I and I may not get back to everyone obviously that's impossible but I I get so fulfilled with love and, and, and knowing that what I'm doing in this world, especially at this time, is making a difference is probably the biggest honor I'll ever have. I don't know if I'll ever do anything this important and big in my life again. Who knows? But Brian, what, I'm, what I love is this. You've done something that a lot of people are not able to do and something I'm learning too. It's actually utilize what you have developed over all this time, 10, 15 years of relationship. You're able to get Reese Witherspoon to give you a moment in time. And I'm not saying this knocking Reese Witherspoon, but she's a very busy woman. She has production, she has kids, and she's one of the most powerful, amazing women. And, and to find time with her and for her to give you that, that's the best, most amazing yeah. reward. Honestly, when I saw the, the imagery that people you were shooting, I was like, oh my God, this is incredible because in our business, you know, go through the publicist, go through the manager, how long yeah. do you have, who's the hair and makeup? But you took all that away and you made them human. And that's something I think they absolutely need during this time. I think we all need it. I needed it. I mean, everyone, you know, we're all in the same boat and it's like a million, you know, all of us lost our jobs. Thank God that some of them do have the job. I mean, the, like you said, the nurses, the doctors, the the First Please, responders, the, the oh. firemen's first responders. It, I mean, what a what a bunch of heroes! What a bunch of heroes! You know, and then you we've been taking an ass kicking in twenty twenty, but and you're free result. But you're actually documenting it. You actually giving yeah. a moment in time and capturing it. So tell me about the process of putting a book together because you have few books already out there. Yeah, you know the, the the thing about this one that's different is that you know this book is going to be all given to charity. I'm going to donate 100% of the proceeds to um, at Feeding America, which is, you know, they provide a lot of food for uh, inner city and poor, poor people. I was one of those kids. I ate breakfast and lunch um, at school all year round, even in the summer. And those were usually my, you know, a lot of times the only meals of the day. So when they weren't around, you starved. And it was terrible as, as a child, terrible not knowing like, oh, uh, you know, breakfast wasn't there today, you know. Then you know, all you're thinking about is lunch, and, you know. And as, you know, Americans and humans, there's so much food wasted in this world. And if you 
go hungry. I, I always correlate it to my friends who are very wealthy. Is it, you ever miss lunch and around three o'clock, you're like, I need to eat something. I'm so hangry right now. I'm going to rip someone's head off. Imagine two days of that. You know what I mean? So I wanted to find an organization that's going to, that's already set up and giving back and helping the situation already. So it makes it super easy for me to jump on board with a big organization like that and give them, you know, whatever money that I can, knowing that it's going to go to a good cause. It's getting done the right way and it's trustworthy. As Beautiful. opposed to me starting my own, you know, it, you know, it's, 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 it was just the way and it came to me, you know, I was looking, I think at Leonardo's thing and, and then I came across Eddie Vedder's page and they were like talking about it. And so I looked into it. I'm like, this was me. Like, this is amazing. This is great. And there's no way I was going to go across America and make this book and then keep the money and, and profit off it. Because it would seem like if these people are giving me their souls, if I, if they're letting me in and making this book possible, which this is a people book, this is the people's book. It's not mine. This isn't a, a book about me as a photographer. This is a book about the journey and about America and Americans. And I want it to be their book, which is the other part of this, which is different than every other book I made is that I need, I spent so much money making the book. I just don't have the money to make the actual hard copy of the book. So we started a Kickstarter and um, all the money for the Kickstarter goes, we, our goal is what it's going to cost us to make the book period. Then anything over that goes directly again to the uh, foundation. And just for those you guys out there, so you can support this book and you can go to Brian's page and really see some of the images. He has a lot of behind the scenes footage as well that you can see him in action. And 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 for those you guys out there, just so you know, when you see photographer putting out a book, they're paying for it themselves and there's no money to be made in photography book. No. It's just, just celebrating work. I yet have the gut to put out a book after 15 years. I think this is a year I'm gonna buckle down. And yeah, you, you better. I know I can't. I'm, I'm going to call you offline for Absolutely. you to give me a little ass kicking to get my Absolutely. shit together. About I'd love together. to kick your ass. <laughs> well, I know you are a gymnast, so I, bet I shouldn't say that. I saw your footage. <laughs> you, what are you talking about? You're way better shaped than me. All you have to do is run a block. I wouldn't be able to catch you. But truly, for those of you guys out there, this is a time that we all try to find a way to help. And, you know, as, as, Let's talk in the very beginning of the reason we even had this show was raising money to buy masks for the first responders. Since yes, then, we have that. donated over 100,000 masks to first so responders. Good. It is so crazy. So we all find ways to help, and this is a great way to contribute, and you end up with this beautiful coffee table book with history. And I, 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 I'm so – I don't want to sound wrong, but as a friend, I'm so proud of you because – it, we see so many people struggling and trying to find their voice through this time and you are on it and you're in it and you're letting us be in it with you is incredible. Truly is astonishing. That. It's truly astonishing. And I wanted to wait until you came all the way back, had your moment to kind of breathe before we talk because I was marinating on this moment with you and it's, it's incredible, inspiring for me as well. Wow. Well, coming from you, that is a, Huge compliment, and I'm humble. Thank you. Oh, no. And so, I'm lucky I made it back, first of all. When you guys watch some of this behind the scenes, it I was, saw that. It was crazy. no joke. We did not do this like comfortably. It was it was hardcore, and we roughed it. And we've had, you know, on long trips, like the 18-hour ones, the, tr the car fell off the trailer and smashed into the back of the RV. My drive shaft fell off. We broke the steering column. There was... 
it was hard. And, and what I will tell you is that even when things went wrong on the road, people were so quick when they found out what we're doing to help us. Three people fixed our truck for free. I it probably that. would have been $1,500 to $2,000. And they're like, listen, I love what you're doing. Take this as a gift. Get back on the road. And we're, we were you know, crying. And it's like, are you serious? And then it's like, I thought, I thought that going across this country was going to be so sad. And I was going to see so many people that didn't have jobs. So many people crying. You know, what do we do? I can't pay rent. I thought, and people were hopeful. People were happy. They were like happy to see you. And just like, I'm so glad you're doing this. I want to thank Brian for sharing stories of his journey with me and for documenting a historical moment in history. Thank you to all my listeners for your constant support. Please subscribe to this podcast for more open conversations. You can visit our website at letstalkwithusai.com and follow me on Instagram at usai88 for updates. Let's Talk is a production of 88 Faces. I'm your host, Usai. Our director, Luis Jaime, and writer, editor, and producer, Trevor Swinjan. Thank you for this conversation.